All right, everyone, welcome back to the Ramped Podcast. Today we have a guest that we have been following from afar with a massive, massive LinkedIn following. It's Joel Lalji. Joel, how you doing? I'm good, Danny. How are you? I am doing well. I'm doing well. So we want to dig into strategies and tips and tricks on the job search. I know you have tons of those. But before we get started, we have to ask, who is Joel Lalji? Uh, who is Joel Algy? It's a good question. I'm primarily uh, based in the recruitment industry. I've kind of bounced around a couple of different functions. I've been an agency recruiter. I've spent time coaching agency recruitment teams and internal recruitment teams on like how to use social media to build up their brand. Like you mentioned, I got pretty big following on LinkedIn, similar size following on TikTok as well. That's something that's happened over the last year or so. And then I run a couple of podcasts within the space, one that's really focused on agency recruiters, and then the other podcast is really focused on internal recruiting, tech within the recruitment space, a big focus on AI. And then for work, I mean, I do some recruiting, I do some like brand partnership stuff, I do some consulting, so it's kind of a mixed bag, but I've been in the space for about a decade, and I honestly just love, it sounds so embarrassing to say but i i genuinely love recruitment it's like all i talk about i don't know what it is i love about it other than the fact that it's just super unpredictable and i think out of everything you know every kind of field you could get into recruiting is it's so unpredictable because it's so people focused and everybody has a different perspective there's so many opinions out there and yeah, so it just it's it's a unique field to be into. And I feel like it's the type of field where it's really confusing for job seekers in particular from the outside. And I think a lot of that's just to do with, you know, again, how recruiters brand themselves, how they put themselves out there. It creates a lot of confusion for job seekers. So love getting in front of the job seeker audience like you have and kind of giving tips and insights. Just love it. I love every every aspect of it. Sweet. Well, I'm pumped to hear that because our audience will gain a ton from this episode. I'm positive about that. So let's jump in. I noticed the sign in the background, the realist recruiter. So I am, I'm hopeful you keep it real with us and our job seekers because they are craving some of that information. Let's start with kind of the high level and then we'll go down into some of the, the weeds and the tactics from a high level. What are you seeing in the job market today and how do folks navigate? the current trends and the current, let's call it tumultuousness of the job market at a macro level? Yeah, look, the job market, at least for probably the bulk of your audience, which I'm assuming they're they're looking at like the corporate white collar jobs, uh, the job market's brutal. And like I see it with the recruitment community because that's my big community. I'm really tied into the recruitment community. There are a lot of recruiters who are on the, on the job market right now. And why that matters is because when there's a lot of recruiters on the job market and a lot of recruiters are having problems finding a recruiting job, it means that not a lot of demand for their services. And what do recruiters do? They're involved in the hiring process. So what I'm seeing is a lot of companies that are not looking to grow right now. If anything, we're still in that environment where companies are looking to cut costs and everybody knows the easiest way to cut costs is to, you know, unfortunately, cut employees, right? And uh, look at where where can we save? Which departments can we get the same amount of work done with less people, or even at times more done with less people if we've got the right tools in place? 
So I, I think what I've seen really for the last 18 months, I haven't really spoken to that many people in the recruitment field or really just any kind of business setting that are really excited about 2023 and really, really excited about the future. I think overall, obviously there's different cer- certain industries which maybe might still be doing well in this industry, right? Or in this, sorry, in this uh, environment. But on the whole, there's not been that much optimism. And when there's not optimism in the market, hiring definitely doesn't happen. And so I think for job seekers, we're hearing about it all the time, right? Candidate experience is at an all-time low. There's more ghosting. There's more applicants than ever. It's getting harder and harder to stand out. And I think there's a ton of frustration if you're on the job market right now. So seeing that. And then in the news, what we're seeing is I think there's so many articles that will paint you know, pick uh, like uh, the wrong pictures. So for example, you know, in September, the jobs, the jobs report came out and they're like, yeah, 300,000 new jobs got added. But when you break down and you actually look at what jobs got added, only 23,000 of those jobs were like what you would consider white collar corporate jobs, which is not a lot of job growth. In fact, most of the jobs that got added were part-time jobs or hospitality jobs. They're actually people getting second jobs because they're trying Mm -hmm. to pay their bills. So I think when you see headlines like that, it can be really, really confusing as a job seeker. Another one that you get thrown out there a lot is, well, we've got all-time you know, unemployments and all-time low. But when you look at what that number actually represents, it doesn't represent how many people are unemployed. It just represents people who are actively on the job market. So they're applying the job. It doesn't include people who've given up. It doesn't include people who have just decided, you know what, I'm going to stop working. So I think when you see those kind of headlines as a job seeker, be really confusing. You think, well, why am I having such a tough time? And so you got to step back sometimes and look, like, what do these numbers represent? And look past the headline, if that makes sense. So those are the two big things that I'm seeing. Yep. Yep. That makes sense. So we see the same. Obviously, there's a lot of job seeker pain right now, and it comes in different forms. Some have been working at their job search for months, and some yeah. have been newly either laid off or let go for unfortunate reasons uh, with the company. I'm curious to know, and we have tons of perspectives on this, but I'm curious to know how do you instruct or how do you guide job seekers today to get back out there, to stand out in their interview process or stand out in their application process? There's just so much info out there and it's hard to filter through what's the right thing to do. What are you seeing and how do you take action as a job seeker? Yeah, I think number one, I mean, I coach job seekers all the time. Look at who's giving the advice, okay? And so if you look at somebody who's giving advice on a platform like TikTok, for example, I'm pretty active on TikTok. Sometimes you need to take a step back and you need to look, what is the actual person's background? And I'm going to throw this out there. If somebody's never been in a hiring manager position and they've never been involved in recruitment, I don't know what, like necessarily why you would take advice from someone like that. So I think you got to look at who's giving the advice what have they professionally done that would back up that they would have any understanding of what a hiring process looks like, what recruiters care about? So I think for job seekers, it's really guarding your mind. Second thing that I always advise job seekers to do is to, before you start throwing out your resume, you really do need to make sure that your resume is leading with your accomplishments rather than just describing what tasks and responsibilities you have. Making sure that your LinkedIn and your resume, that all the dates are lined up. We kind of started that basic, you know, the basic part, like making sure that you have a good resume and then realizing that 
you know, it's, it's okay if, if you need to switch things up down the line with your resume. Like I think a lot of people think the resume they have is the resume that they need to stick with. Right. So they applied hundreds and hundreds of jobs and not hear anything back. My advice is once you've applied to two to 400 jobs, which is typically what you have to apply for nowadays to get one or two responses, if you are getting zero response, you need to go back to the drawing board quickly and you need to look at your resume. Okay. So I think you got the resume side. And then the third piece of it is a lot of people are really unclear what type of job they're even looking for and how qualified they are. So I think you need to be really clear exactly what you're looking for and then look at based on your background and based on what you've accomplished, you know, take a hard look and go, am I actually qualified for this position at least 60 to 80%? Because if you're not right now in this market, you know, this is not the 2021 market where you could get away with being less qualified because companies were really struggling to find people. 2023, there's a lot of really talented people on the market. Okay. So, you know, you've got to make sure you're just applying to the right jobs. Otherwise you're literally wasting your time. So those, those are the kind of the, the, the big three, at least on like the, you know, the resume and, and the LinkedIn side. Next thing you got to do is you really go look at your network, right? Like who do you know? And, and networking, I think gets thrown out there a lot and people have a lot of different ideas of what networking really is. Yeah. You know, I'm not talking about networking, like just DMing random people on LinkedIn. That's not networking. That's, I don't know what that is, but that's not networking. It's looking at who do I know that can vouch for my character that's working at companies that I'm looking to get into? And can I leverage introductions into the positions that they have posted? Now, this doesn't guarantee a job. Again, I've heard job, you know, I've heard TikTok gurus and, you know, LinkedIn gurus even saying things like, yeah, if you get a referral, it's an automatic in at the company. I'm like, no, it's not an automatically in. It's, it's probably a stronger chance of getting an interview, but that's it, right? Because you can get an interview. It's not a guarantee of the job. So look at your network. And again, what's your network? Okay, people you've worked with in the past, for sure. But then, you know, getting even a pass from professional, you know, who your family, your friends, people that you know that will vouch for your character that are working at companies that you're looking to get into. So really taking a hard look at your network. And then kind of the third piece of networking, the second piece of networking is looking at what are the professional groups you're a part of? There's so many Slack and Discord channels right now that are geared towards marketing or sales or in tech. Like, are you going to those online meetups? Are you going and joining those online communities? And now there's a big push with like just in-person events. And so I think you're doing yourself a disservice if you're not going to in-person events to meet people. And so I think the modern day job search is it's digital, it's relationship, and then it's kind of a mix of both, right? As well as... Yeah. Yeah, so there's a lot of problems. I think if you're just applying the jobs, you're missing out on a couple of really key areas to tap into. Yeah, this is super tactical. Great advice, Joel. I love how you brought it kind of real for everybody too in 2023. We're seeing similar, right? We're seeing tons of folks who, let's say, haven't been on the job market for 15 years for real. And they don't know the tactics that can bring them up to speed on what folks are doing today. And to kind of summarize, just listed a bunch of really, really good things to do. I feel like the word that I use or that I see revealed itself when people are having success is tenacity. So it's not just enough to update your resume and it's not just enough to send LinkedIn messages to folks who are potentially recruiters or hiring managers after you've yeah. applied. And it's even not enough, it sounds like, to go 
tap your network and figure out who folks are connected to. You actually have to do this in aggregate. You have to do all of them all the time for every job you apply to. And you have to go the extra mile with some of these in-person events potentially. So it's it's a lot and it, it is- it, It's hard. Right it is, it's really hard. You have to equate it to what recruit, like I was recruiting in 2021. I was actually recruiting mm -hmm. recruiters and recruiting mm -hmm. recruiters in 21 was hard work. You could not just send a DM to a recruiter and get them interested in your role. Like you had to be persistent. And I think that tenacity that, that like you're describing is 100% right. And it's, it's hard work right now. And I know this isn't what people want to hear, but you need to hear, you need to hear it. Like sitting back and relaxing is not the strategy. You have to be really proactive um, because it's just really competitive right yep. now, right in this moment in time. Yep, 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 you're 100% right. Let's move from kind of the high level to more the tactical and move yeah. on in the interview process. So let's say you're somebody who's got that original interview lined up with a recruiter, someone like you potentially. Yeah. What are the things that you want to hear from a job seeker on that first call that yeah. helps you say, okay, I'm unlocking the door to the hiring manager or the next step in the process? Yeah. So I think you know, when we look at what a screening call with a recruiter, there's three major goals that they're trying to figure out. They're trying to figure out, number one, if you're affordable. So if you're not having a conversation around salary with a recruiter initially, they are not doing a good job as a recruiter because this is where you start to waste time. All right. So going into that call, you need to have a clear expectation of what you're targeting. And I'm not talking about what you've made in the past or what you're making now. You need to know what you're targeting. And when you give that amount, you give it in a range. Now, I've heard... A lot of, you know, again, TikTok gurus, LinkedIn gurus saying, ask the question, what's your budget, blah, 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 blah. Okay, when you start playing games with these things, it's, it's just a waste of time because at the end of the day, you're not having a, a full negotiation here. You're literally right. trying to figure out, is what I'm targeting in line with what this company is wanting to pay? It's a time-saving, you know, you're not negotiating a full offer here, right? Because it's a screening call. So as you go throughout the process, you should be talking about salary throughout the process because you're going to learn new things about the position. So just understanding that in this first call, they're trying to figure out, are you affordable? Next thing they're trying to figure out is, are you genuinely interested? Okay, so this is why they ask questions like, what do you know about the company? Why do you want to work for us? And these are just some basic questions. But the last thing hiring managers want to see is somebody that has no idea what the company does and what the position is. So again, it's a screening call. Recruiters are trying to narrow down all the applicants and trying to get the top five to 10, whatever that number is that they've determined that they need to find so they can present to the hiring managers. They're trying to save hiring manager time. So are you interested? Why do you mm -hmm. want to work at the company? What do you know about the company? And then are you qualified? Okay, so mm -hmm. those are the three objectives, qualification, interest, and affordability. And with the qualification, that's when they're going to dig into your you know, experience. We'll start asking potentially questions around you know, tell me about a project that you worked on or tell me what your biggest accomplishment is. Tell me something you're proud of. So that first call, as a job seeker, you need to know, number one, what is the salary that I'm targeting on? And you don't want to say something like, well, based on my research, dumb, dumb thing to say, because that just shows that you actually don't know your value. You just say, I'm targeting 110 to 130 and leave it at that. You know, maybe obviously there's maybe there's other things like equity that you can kind of highlight in there. Then you want to know about the company. So what industry are they in? You know, are they privately owned? Are they a public company? Are they a big player, small player? You know, any kind of PR that you can find out about the company, like the projects that they're working on. Okay, you want to know about that. And then you want to know about the role. 
So again, what types of projects could you potentially be working on? Do you know about how big the team is? What do you know based on the job description? So have those three areas down. That's going to prepare you well for that first screening call. Super cool. All right. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. If you would be all right with it, the question that most of our job seekers have the toughest time with today still is the catch-all at the beginning of really any interview, but specific with the recruiter. It's the tell me about yourself or something like walk me through your resume, right? What are you expecting out of somebody during that question? And how can somebody really win you over or win the step over when they answer that type of question? Yeah, absolutely. Look, I think number one with this question, the worst thing that you can do is just have like a five minute ramble about your life and you know your personal stuff that you've got going on. I think what you really need to focus on is like, what are your major accomplishments? So, you know, what are the things that you're most proud of? And tie that into the current position that you're applying for. So that's what they're really looking for. They're looking for you to talk about yourself professionally, about what you've accomplished, about what you're passionate about, what your mission is, and then demonstrate that you've done some research in the company and you kind of know what their mission is, you know, the projects they're working on. So this is your opportunity. I think of it as like an elevator speech, you know, or an elevator pitch, whatever they call it. You know, 30 seconds to two minutes to quickly look at What's your recent history? What are the recent projects you've worked on? And what are you passionate and excited about? And then how that is in line with what you've seen about the company. So you know, high level, biggest accomplishment, what you're passionate about and how that work and what you've done is going to translate in the success for the role that you're applying for or the company that you're, you're looking to work with. Yep. Amazing. Amazing. Okay. Let's move on from job interview tactics to a few quick hitters. So I'm going to ask you right now three things about the job process that you see folks doing incorrectly. And then I want to know your honest opinion on them. So the first is tell me about your biggest pet peeve from job seekers when they reach out to you or meet with you. Yeah, look, I, th I think big, a big one that I see a lot is people just are not clear on what they're looking for. And this is it's really, for, you know, like, so they'll say things like, yeah, I'm open to anything. Or, yeah, I'm not really sure. Like, I could be open to this, could be open to that. So I think as much as you can, and I get it, you want to have a couple of options, right? You don't want to necessarily be closed-minded. But I, I do actually think it, it shows a lack of like, the value that you're going to bring and, and what you're looking for if you can't answer clearly, like, this is exactly what I'm looking for. Uh, so I think when you get into those conversations with recruiters, you have to be as clear as you can, you know, what you're actually looking for. And then moving from that one, here's something that we get tons and tons of asks on. Tell me what type of, and if there is none, what type of LinkedIn message you get from a job seeker post application that yeah. you just can't stand. In general, I, I can't stand really long messages. Okay, so this isn't just from job seekers, just from anybody. It's for like all the people who are looking to grow their sales career on platforms like LinkedIn. Short and sweet wins the day. Okay, so the shorter a message can be and more to the point, the better. Okay, so for example, you know, if I'm reaching out to you, Danny, I say, hey, Danny, it's Joel. Okay, irrelevant. I can see that it's you. I see your profile. I see your name above. But then also like trying to tell too much of a story. Yep. through the dm like and again this is a tough one right now because we're in a market where this is it's really tough market okay 
what I found is that a lot of people, they think they're more qualified than maybe the hiring manager thinks that they're qualified. And let me just mm. give you one insight into what hiring managers are looking for. And this is from working with hundreds of hiring managers, thousands of hiring managers. They usually want somebody who's already doing the job at one of their competitors. It's called a lateral move. And as recruiters, especially agency recruiters, we're always trying to convince them on like, you know, maybe look for someone who's ready for a promotion because they're more likely to, you know, want to come and work for you. But 99% of the time, it's like, yeah, it'd be great if we could get somebody doing this position at a competitor because for them, it's less risk. They already know the person's doing the job and it's less training. Okay, so unless you're that person, I honestly even think reaching out and following up, it can be, I'm not saying you shouldn't do it, but it can be kind of like a, a pointless exercise and the response rate can be low, right? So if yep. you are going to send those messages, short and sweet, be specific. Here's the job I applied to. I think I'd be a great fit for it. And then the last piece is you've got to be persistent, guys. Like I, I do business development on LinkedIn and I get an 80% response rate from my third message because the, if you know anything about LinkedIn in particular, the inbox sucks and it literally prioritizes it by the last message the person was sent. So if you send a message to someone at 8 a.m., and let's mm-hmm. say they don't check their LinkedIn every day. They check it every three days. And, you, and the next time they check it, you know, you send a Monday, Monday morning, 8 a.m. And they check it Wednesday night. Chances are they've got 10 other DMs above you. So you've yep. got to follow up. And I recommend great tip from a really good friend of mine who's also on LinkedIn. He's got a great podcast, a guy called Adam Posner. He says, it's being persistent, patient, and polite. But you have to be persistent. You, obviously, you got to be patient. So you can't just like three DMs in a day. And then being polite, like don't use a tone, like don't look, you know, irritated. Say yep. something like, I know you're busy. I'm not expecting a response. But follow up, put that work in. Yep. Amazing. Okay. Last one. Last one before we move to our final question. The last one for you is what is the one thing that you see? many, most, or even all job seekers do that they should scrap from their playbook entirely? One thing I see almost all job seekers do that they should scrap. That's a tough one. I think in this market, I want to be careful with this because I think there's a lot of people who actually do a lot of right things and still don't get the job. If one thing I think potentially just not applying to enough jobs right now, like I think people Mm. are actually underestimating how many jobs you need to apply to. So for example, I just met with someone and she was like, yeah, I applied for 35 jobs. I'm like, look, I talked to a lot of people who are using like AI tools to auto apply, for example. And their statistics are like, it's 1% of jobs you're getting a response from. So I think people are really underestimating you know, how many jobs you need to apply to. And then also just underestimating how much work. Like we've talked about this whole podcast. Like it's a lot of work right now. So I think sometimes people are going in thinking it's going to be an easy road. And they're just underestimating how much work you actually need to do. I wish I had. I would have some other, other, other kind of common ones. I get. I mean, I think the re- the reaching out to a recruiter one could be there as well, or just reaching out to the wrong recruiters, or like, yep. you know, just reaching out to recruiters and saying, you know, here, here's my resume. Like, find me a job, or like even thinking that, you know, I talked about it before earlier on in the podcast. Like a big misconception that people have is like recruiters' jobs are to help you find a job. Just not the case. Like a recruiter is compensated by companies to find people for their open roles. And so sometimes it can feel like a recruiter is helping you out, but they're not helping you out. What they're doing is they understand that you're qualified for the role they're working on. And then they get like preparing with you or helping you with interview prep and those types of things. But it's because you're qualified for the position they're recruiting on. So 
possibly possibly a big mistake that I see is just not understanding really what a recruiter's role is. Yep. Yep. Amazing. Amazing. Really good advice. I feel like I could chat with you for an entire day. You're such a wealth of knowledge. We do have to move towards the finish of the episode though. I know our audience is going to absolutely love it, but let's chat through the one question we have that we've asked all our guests, all four seasons of the Ramp podcast. If you could go back in time, Joel, now that you have the benefit of hindsight, what advice would you give yourself as you were entering into your career? Yeah, look, I stayed at I stayed at my first job way too long. I and I think there's one thing that I've realized now, you know, and granted, like look, my first early you know, my first years in my twenties, like I partied a lot, right? Like I was I didn't really get serious about my career until like late twenties. I took advantage of going to festivals and partying big time. But with that, like I, I took a job right out of college and it was a similar time to now, it was two thousand eleven. It was a tough job market. And then I ended up working that job for five years. And it was like a, you know, like a banking retail sales job. And it paid the bills and it paid enough for me to, to do things. But I also didn't love the job. And I listened to some advice where someone had told me like, hey, you've got to stick at your job for, you know, three to five years. And I think like looking back, a lot of the rules that people construct are just nonsense. And the reality is you got to take the right opportunities when you have them. You know, you can't be like loyal to companies and think that they're going to be loyal to you. And, you know, career paths just, they can look really different. Like I'm, I'm a solopreneur now, you know, like I've monetized my audience on social media. 10 years ago, I would have never thought I would be able to do that. And so I've just realized even in doing that, like there's just very little actual rules and you actually can kind of make rules up as you go along in your career. So that'd be number one. And number two, just network man just like get to know as many people as you can in your field and as much as you can like don't don't just network when you need a job or when you need something like just always be networking and meeting people and going to those meetups and if it's uncomfortable that's okay i think it's uncomfortable for most people at the beginning but if you can get comfortable with that and you know network online in person it really does open up a lot more opportunities than if you don't Yep. Great advice. Great advice. Yeah. Those, um, those old sayings that you probably heard from, I definitely yeah. heard from my parents or from those who, you know, were in the workplace 10, 15 years before me and start a little bit earlier, like, you know, stick with your job, take any job that you can work, yeah. your, you know, work yourself to the bone, work late hours, you know, that applies in many circumstances and in the right circumstance. And it sounds like you found something where you feel like, you know, you probably work really, really hard, but it's, you know, rewarding and it's something that you love to do. But when you're, when you're stuck in a situation where you don't love it, working yourself to the bone or being the last person at the office, like there may just not be upside for you. You don't know what it is until you you try it. So it's good to try. But if you feel in your body, like this is just the wrong fit, I can't do this anymore. Like you got to just, yeah, you got to make a change. It's not good for your, for your health. It's not good for, uh, for your career either. 100%. Yeah. You got to ask what, what, what's your priorities, you know, like, and I think it's another big one. Like, society will like tell you what your priorities are and like for example the biggest one for me right now is like i got two young kids i got another one on the way and i want to have as many kids as i can i mean that's my probably not a popular opinion these days to be to think like that but i've also realized i am willing to make certain sacrifices even with my career because i value time with my young kids and i'm just i've realized that when i look back at my life i don't i do not think i'm gonna go 
I wish I could spend less time with my kids and more time on my career. And that's not a personal thing, but I think when you know actually what your priorities are as a person, it can help you then guide and help you make the right choices that are right for you. So, yeah, amazing. Well, great place to leave it. I know the uh, the struggles too with with kids. Uh, I got I got two young <laughs> ones of my my own. How so old are they? Four and two. Four and two. How about yours? Oh, I love it. Yeah, four and four and two. The exact same. Amazing. And then yeah, one in, one doing eight it. weeks. <laughs> Yeah, oh you, my god congrats <laughs> that's so cool yeah thanks man great well uh, i always always love connecting with fellow parents so yeah it's it's uh they don't, there's no playbook for this one i know people tell you like what to expect but my my lord once you get in it they just everything everything goes out the window <laughs> i love it um well joel it was uh great catching up with you where can folks find you yeah, look, if you just uh google joel Lalji, i'm the only joel Lalji in the world so that will pull up my TikTok, my LinkedIn, my Twitter, my Instagram, Snapchat, you can go pull up my YouTube. Um, what I'd say is if you're looking for more like job seeker content, TikTok is a place to be. If you're mm. more interested in like recruitment and marketing and branding, LinkedIn is, is a place to find me. And then if you just want to hear like random funny stuff, um, Twitter and X, that's kind of what I use that for. Sweet. All right. Well, everyone, uh, Joel dropped a ton of knowledge on us. He is very accessible on socials, uh, and we hope to have him back one day on the Rep Podcast. Joel, thank you for the great conversation. Thanks, Danny. Yeah, appreciate it. Great to be here.